Welcome to the Inside Edge here at 97.1 The Fan. I'm Bob McElligot alongside of Jody Shelley. We're going to get this started pretty quickly because we've got Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen coming up to lead off the show, and later we will talk with Blue Jackets forward Gus Nyquist. So a big show, a packed show. We're going to get to it. The Blue Jackets, unfortunately, lost last night in Pittsburgh. 5-1 to one was the final score. They'll be back on the ice on Friday in Winnipeg to take on the Jets. But right now, let's bring in the general manager of the Blue Jackets. Here is Jarmo Kekalainen. Jarmo, the trade deadline came and went on Wednesday. The move that you made was sending Max Domi to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a young college defenseman. Were you disappointed there was nothing else you could do? Is there anything else you wanted to do, or are you just uh, just plain happy with what you were able to get done on that, that day? We didn't think that it was going to be a real active day for us. We certainly weren't on the buyer side. We knew that unless there was an opportunity to strengthen our team, not only for this year, but into the future. So those opportunities are mostly available in the offseason. Any team that's gearing up for the playoffs or still has a chance to make the playoffs um, will try to strengthen their team right now. They're not willing to give up any roster players. So um, we, we knew that side of it. And, and we had three pending UFAs, and and, um, and we, we listened and, and uh, made some decisions and, Max Domi was the only one moving with the prospect coming back this way. So um, all along we thought that probably our, our next big moves are going to be in the offseason. Speaking of uh, the, the prospect, you get a player that was a former third-round pick of Carolina. He's playing in college right now. Uh, when when you're looking that over, I mean, how happy are you with the, the return that you got on it? What um, you know, What did you see in that particular player? He's a player we liked for the draft last year. I, I saw him play with our amateur scouting staff at the uh, the World Under 18 in Dallas uh, for Team USA, and, and he's a uh, he's a good defenseman. Um, plays hard, plays gritty, plays the right way, and and um, despite not being very big, and he uh, he plays hard, and he's a good defender and, and can move the puck as well. So, um, first year player at the at Boston College. Um, be playing there next year again and, and we'll um, monitor his development very closely but uh, he was a guy we liked for the draft and he was a, cl- a player we liked that um, was available a- in this trade so um, as with all the uh, young prospects now it's up to him to uh, to do the work to get to the next level and we'll do all, all we can with our staff to help him get there. And was him being a defenseman does that did that was that a plus for you uh, in any way? I mean, I know you have a very young defensive core here. It's a, a core that uh, is going to develop over the next couple of years. But um, did the position matter to you, or was it uh, just a player and just having somebody that had a, a quality player that has a chance to make it to the NHL? Well, just like with the draft, I think that we, we think the best player that's available for us who we're going to choose despite the position. We have a good group of young uh, D prospects with Fozil, Knasko, Makarov, uh, Kulevans, Richard, you know, the, 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 that's a quality group of, of young D prospects that, that we believe uh, many of those guys will uh, will play in the, in the National Hockey League. So we've got some excellent depth there right now. And uh, it'll take some time before they're going to play on the NHL level, but that's that's part of the process. And with the defensemen, usually takes a little bit longer. But um, uh, I think we're in pretty good shape with, with our uh, D depth chart right now. Aiden Hureshchuk, I think that's how you say his last name, right? That's that's who we're talking about. That's who was acquired by the Blue Jackets in that trade. Max Domi going to the Carolina Hurricanes. So now it's uh, 
played out the rest of the way? Are you evaluating, I assume you are, evaluating right up till the final horn on the final day, every player on this team and how they're going to fit in for the long-term future for you? Absolutely. I think it's a great, great opportunity for all the players to show uh, what character they're made out of. Um, we're here to compete every day. We're here to get better every day as individuals and as a team. And, and there's no quit in this group, and that's what we want to see. So um, every game's an opportunity to prove to us that uh, you belong here and, and uh, you want to be part of this process. And the process goes on. We, we want to keep getting better even even – the, the last few games here that we have left, and, and even if the the chance of playoff, making the playoffs is slim right now, um, we're going to keep competing until the end. And and, um, and uh, whenever the off season comes, we're going to continue that process of, of getting better. And um, with the young group like us, the off season is very important as well because that's that's the time and opportunity to get stronger and get get quicker, get faster, more explosive, and and be better for it next year. Yarmo, what what's the trade deadline process like for you? Because on the outside, there's a lot of hype, but for you, is is it exciting? Is it is it fun, or is it more is it a little more stoic than we would even know? Well, the thing about it is that they the league sets a date and a, and a time for it, but for us, it's an ongoing process all year. Some of the teams and some of the GMs get their work done two two three weeks or even even further than that away from the deadline, and they're done, and then they don't do anything at the deadline, and everybody's like, whoa disappointed or something where it doesn't really matter what where you get the work done before the deadline whether it's last minute or or six weeks before as long as you get it done so it's not so much the um you know the, there's a deadline you know after that you can't make a move that uh, will bring a player on your roster for this season so um sometimes you don't get that work done early and then you have a little more urgency as the deadline approaches but um I wouldn't want to leave anything to the last minute this time. Uh, we actually did, and Josh Flynn did a great job um, getting all the details uh, of the of the uh, the confusion with the with the salary cap gymnastics. So uh, it, it was a bit hectic at the end, but we got it done. Do you guys have a little bit of a, a fan in you too when you see other trades happen? Is it immediate reaction within your group? Because you guys. In hockey operations, how I see you guys, you're your own little team. Like, you guys are together so much, and, and you have so many conversations. Do you guys kind of have that fandom when you see other organizations do big moves? Yeah, plus it's, it's it's uh, you know, sometimes you're thinking of making something happen, and then you see uh, a partner that you were just talking to making another move, and now you're like, ah, oh, man, that's, okay, they, they decided something else, and, and then you move on to the next, and. So it's it's um, it's exciting to to watch some of the other stuff going on, but it's also information for us on on what we need to do next. Can you explain to our fans why it's better to do trades in the off season sometimes, and what the advantages in that than the trade deadline? Well, obviously, the the big difference is is whether the player is a restricted free agent or or unrestricted free agent. If it's if it's a pending UFA, then then rights expire at the end of the year and you might be just renting him for the rest of the season whereas if it's a restricted free agent you know that even though you get him for the rest of the year and don't have him signed for next year you have his rights and and you can go to arbitration and and get a contract done or you can negotiate an extension so he's still your property uh, at the end of the year and and um, you know those are the type of moves that, that we were looking to make 
if any, um, to to bring a player for us this year that we we like and and would have helped us this year, but also going into next year at least. Yeah, and and you know we get asked by fans all the time, and and we always say you know we trust Yarmo because we really do. I mean, you you've got a great track record here of. I still don't know how you got Panarin. I mean, I still that to me is that you just kind of blew the socks off the hockey world that he was even available. And now, you know, to me, it looks like you've got some really good assets, Jarmo, and you're in a good position. Do, do you feel like you're in a position of strength going into this rest of the season and the off season? Yeah, I'm excited about our group. I, I, I think there's a lot of growth that we need to go through. There's no question about it. We need to improve. We need to get better. There's a lot of good things going for us, and, and uh, we've shown that against them. Really good teams this year. We've had some bad games. You know, every team has bad games. When we've had most of our bad games against the the really good teams, like we did last night, we made some mistakes. They cost us, and and we lost the game after having a pretty good first period. Um, it kind of fell apart, but that's all part of the growing process, and 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 great learning lessons for our young players. Like Cole Sillinger has been great this year. I think he's got got some hard lessons last night. What it's like to play against Sidney Crosby and and company and and uh, but the best thing about Cole Sillinger is that that's how he will take him too. Is he'll take him as a learning lesson and and be better for it. And and those are the type of uh, qualities we're looking for in all of our players. So um, I I think I'm I'm really excited about our, gr- our our group. Yes, we need to get better. Yes, we need to get stronger in certain areas. There's a lot of good things going for us. Are you pleasantly surprised as you sit here today? Well, I expected us to uh, to compete for a playoff spot. I, I really did. I thought that there was, um, you know, there was some little question marks of whether how how good some of the players that we weren't as familiar with were going to be in their first season with us. But um, you know, most of them have ex- exceeded their expectations. I just mentioned Cole Sillinger. No, none of us expected him to play the whole year in the NHL this year. And and he came in and earned it. Chinakov the same way. We were like, okay, well, if he plays some games in the NHL, great. He had a good good year last year in the KHL, but but this is the NHL, and he's come in and and he keeps getting better and better. And and we get a couple of the new new players on the back end, Jake Bean and Adam Boquist. Both have done some good things. Both need to improve on some some areas, but they both have great potential. So. Um, I'm, I, I expected us to be competitive, and uh, it's it's too bad that we went through a, a real tough stretch there in the middle of the season because we had a great start, and, and we've had a pretty good last couple of months here as well. But um, it's 82-game season, and that's that's how the points get counted on, and, and, um, and um, you know, we'll see where we are at the end. But this group is growing, and, and we're going to be much better next year. We are with Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen. We'll continue our conversation after this here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. I'm Bob McElligot along with Jody Shelley. And tonight we're joined by Blue Jackets General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen. i got to ask you this. What is uh, the better part of the job for you? Drafting or trading? Which do you enjoy more? I don't really put them in order. I I enjoy growing with with the team um, and and watching watching them grow and and uh, that's both from the from the draft. It's a longer journey, obviously, than than um, uh, from trades. Um, with trades, there are probably more unknowns with than than you know. The, 
it's fresh in your memory what you what we draft with what the scouts have watched all year they they do their character assessments and we do our psychological testing and we watch them at the combine and all those different things where we gather information and and then they kind of go and they play in the NHL and in the pros for let's say 6 6 to 8 years and get traded um a lot of those things that we we learn about them when they were at uh, draft age have now changed and and we might not know as much about them as as people as as teammates and as athletes we we think we know them pretty well as hockey players but uh so there's probably a little more unknown with the with the traits that come into your locker room but uh, you know there, there's a lot of background work in in those two we talk to uh former teammates we t- talk to former coaches we talk to former trainers uh, all, all kinds of different people to find out about the character of the player that we, we would like to trade for so um, but I, but I enjoy watching a team come together um, individuals growing and and um, the team really getting together as a as a team everybody accepting their roles and 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 working together towards a common goal you were just talking about Sillinger and Chinikov specifically. In your mind, when you're when you're drafting, when you're developing, what would you say is the, let's say, the average amount of time, the average number of years it really takes for a player to to go from being drafted and actually developing into a good NHL player? Is there is there a scale? I'm assuming these two guys are ahead of the curve on on what that scale would be. Yeah, I I've even said it. And this might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but I've used five to eight years sometimes with the uh, before they make an impact. Because a lot of the players you draft from junior, they're they're going back to junior for two years, and they might need two years in the minors, and then in the fifth year they might make the NHL team, and but it might take into the sixth or seventh year before they really make an impact. So that just goes to show you how much patience you have to have, how much you have to have your development staff working with those guys. To Make them understand what it means to be a pro and what it what it takes to to play in the NHL and not only play just a few games but make a career out of it. So um, it depends on the uh, where you get drafted to. First round picks probably are expected to um, make the team and make the NHL a little bit earlier and uh, make an impact a little bit earlier. But uh, there's been a lot of examples and I I always uh, use some of them from my own career that. Um, you know, when we drafted Alex Petroangelo, for example, in St. Louis, and and we sent him back to junior two years in a row, and everybody was all over us for making a mistake in the draft, and and um, but he's had a pretty good career, so it's not it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So that's the way you got to approach it, and and um, that's the way you have to draft too. Is like who's going to have the best career, not who's going to make the impact fastest. Is it different now though than even when he came up? Because it seems like guys are. I don't know if they're forced into the league earlier. I don't know if they're they're good enough and they're earning spots. But, you know, it, it would be – I would think in many cases it would be almost unthinkable to send a guy back to junior two times in a row in the way today's game is, as young as the game is. I think it's it still happens. I mean, we, we uh, sent Pierre-Luc back one, once, and he was definitely physically ready. He just wasn't ready um, um, mentally to play in the, in the National Hockey League at that point. And, uh, it was the right decision. He got – he got more mature and and played well the year after, but it'll still happen, and I think it'll happen quite a bit, especially with some of the uh, physically raw players and some of the players from Europe in particular. I think are 
are not as developed physically, so they they're, they're going to need that two years, maybe three years, before they're even ready to to come to training camp and compete for a spot. And, and um, you know, there's still going to be similar examples of like Zetterbergs or or, or Saku Koivus or Selandes that that stay in Europe for for three years and and four years and then come back and or come to no, uh, North America and make make a great career out of it, but. Uh, Sure, the players are now more advanced physically than they were um, 15 years ago at the age of 18, but I, th- I think there's still going to be plenty of guys that, that um, it'll be best for their, their development, best for their career to, uh, to play a couple more years in junior or, or college or wherever it may be. Yarmo, uh, but it also, you have to have the room right. You have to have your culture right to bring these young kids in, and, and it took you a few years to get to where you're at now, but there's got to be confidence in what you've built and your expectations with the culture, with your organization now too. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's, that's often got more impact than, than, than the coaching with the players because the veteran players, they, uh, they show by example, they, they lead by example and, and um, show what being a pro is all about every day. And, and when your hardest working players are your leaders, it's impossible for a young guy to come in and, and float and you know no matter matter how much the coach coaches are barking i i really do think that the uh, the leaders that set the example and the standard every day uh, are the best uh coaches or best leaders to to uh to show the young players that here's how it's done here and here's how it's done every single day yeah you're never gonna fool your teammates bob you know that never why do i keep trying <laughs> Who are your teammates? Oh yeah, you work alone. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. I try to fool myself each and every day. It never works. You're right. You're right about that. Um, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, how you thought that this team would compete for uh, the playoffs, and and they did. And they're you know still going down a stretch. Who knows if you if you get on a run and somebody gets cold, who knows how close you could get. Um, but anyway, it, as you look at it right now, are you are you proud of this group? Are you proud of? what you and your staff have put together and what these coaches have done and how these players have responded and played? Yeah, I'm proud of our team. I'm proud of our coaches. I, I think there's been a lot of good development within the uh, the group on individual level and as a team. And I think there's another level that we can get to in, in, the, in the near future here. Um, guys have never quit. I think we have the most compact comebacks in the league or something like that or right on top. So... It shows that in the individual games we don't quit, and we haven't quit on the season, and that's that's what the uh, good culture is all about. Like Jody said, that that's it has to be that standard that we're, we're no matter what you always compete until the end, and and that's about professional pride. It's it's about being being proud of 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 what you do and how you do it, and, and um, never letting the standard dip any day. Last thing I have for you here is now that the trade deadline's over and you can't make any trades for a while, um, besides watching your own team, what else will you do? Are there any tournaments that you'll attend or any uh, junior teams you might go watch? Or what, what does your schedule look like from now until, I guess, uh, the end of the playoffs? Yeah, I, I want to try to see the top players for the draft. We have two uh, first-round picks this year, so it's a huge draft for us again. Unless um, Chicago wins the uh, lottery, then that pick goes into next year I thought um, you were going to say unless I flip those picks for a really big name <laughs> player that I can't tell you about right That's, now <laughs> that, that could happen too that could happen too so we'll be watching the, 
the, there was a lot of UFAs that uh, changed teams, unrestricted free agents uh, in the summer that changed teams at the deadline, and, and we pretty much know that they they will not sign with that team because of the cap situation that the team has. Um, so, you know, we're going to be watching those guys and see uh, if there's going to be a fit for us to uh, to get into that market in the off season and then, and watch the uh, the draft eligible players. There's an under 18 world championship coming in Germany at the uh, end of April and, and then there's world championships in, in Finland. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of hockey left to be uh, the watched and we'll be the, of course watching the NHL playoffs and, and, um, and there's the combine and, and so forth. It never ends. Yeah, when you said Europe, you made me think of one more thing. Um, you know, the thought was Kirill Marchenko might be able to come over at the end of the year. With everything that's going on, Russia, Ukraine, uh, does that change that situation at all, or don't you know yet? I hope not. His season is still going on, so he's he's, uh, he's in, in Russia with the uh, St. Petersburg. And once the season's over, then uh, we're going to get into uh, talks of hopefully bringing him here next year. And, and um Really valued him high as, as a prospect, so we hope to see him here next year. All right, Yarmo, thank you very much. We appreciate your time as always, and uh, best of luck doing all that stuff and checking everything off your list from now until the end of the regular season, and end, end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I should say. Thank you. That is Blue Jackets general manager Yarmo Kekalainen. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Blue Jackets forward Gus Nyquist as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan. Bob McElligot, Jody Shelley with you. Right now we are joined by Blue Jackets forward Gus Nyquist. And, Gus, I wanted to ask you, we talked about uh, the way the season started. Last year you didn't play a single game because of your injury. And when the season started, uh, it looked like it took you some time to get back to your regular game. You're obviously at your regular game right now. Was coming back tougher than you expected in any way, shape, or form, just getting back to the, the spot where you are right now? Well, to be honest, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, this was kind of the first injury that I've gone through throughout my career. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate uh, that way, and, and uh, that was kind of a first big injury. And obviously took some time, uh, just more timing-wise. Uh, you know, I, I, legs were there. I felt my body felt good. Shoulder felt good right from the start, but just I think timing-wise and just getting back into the grind of things of a, of a season, that, that kind of took a little bit of time and obviously it was a slow start production-wise, but uh, I feel like uh, you know, I found uh, found the game that that, the, that I had before before the injury again, so, so um, I'm, I'm pleased about that. And when you're coming back and you're trying to get your timing back and all of that, now you're doing it like right out of camp, with a lot of different teammates, a lot of different guys that you hadn't played with before. So you're trying to figure out your timing. Overall, you guys are trying to figure out chemistry. Does that slow down the process at all? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that that part was the same for everyone since we had a lot of new guys. A lot of the, you know, we, we, a lot of things happen over the summer with with our rosters. So, so um, you know, I think that was probably for for uh, uh, more more guys than just me. And and uh, um, but uh, you know, it's overall it's really fun to be back playing hockey you know that 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 part you you really do miss when you're out and you start realizing how much um y you love the game and, and it's it's nice to be back on the ice when uh, all of that stuff went down in the summertime as a veteran guy who's been around here as you watched what was developing uh, were you wondering what this was going to end up being like once training camp opened and once the season started how it was all going to fit together uh 
No, I mean, obviously, there there was a plan there. Um, you know, a lot of the guys that, that I played with my first year, that they, they were gone, and, and uh, you know, things happen in this industry, and, and uh, this is the business we're in, and, and uh, uh, obviously there's a plan behind it, and, and uh, um, you know, we, we have a great group of guys right now and, and a really good core and, and uh, um, a, f- a fun group to be a part of. You know, Gus, you, you mentioned the injury and the appreciation of being back. Um, they say injuries make you stronger. Do you, do you feel that? Do you feel that that there's a kind of revived part of your uh, your career right now after coming through and going through what you did last year? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, body-wise, I, I feel good. Um, you know, th- this was a, an injury that, you know, that was had been nagging me for, for quite a while, and it got to a point uh, – you know, where I couldn't play with it anymore and it had to be addressed. So, um, you know, obviously was out for, for, for longer uh, than I originally thought, uh, being missing the whole year. But, but uh, um, you know, coming back, my body feels uh, really good again and it's, it's nice to, to, to play at 100% again. When you look at that and you went through all that last year, it was a weird year anyways, right? I mean, it's hard to fathom what's gone on the past two seasons. You were in the bubble, then you come out and you missed the season due to that. What was the most frustrating part for you? I mean, it must have been difficult all the way around, but what was the most frustrating part? Yeah, just not being out there with the guys, uh, you know, with with how the year went down. Um you know, I, I I didn't travel with the guys, but but the restrictions uh, that were on the guys on the road, you know, couldn't leave the hotel, couldn't do anything. Yeah. You were kind of locked in, and it was just a weird year. And that part I didn't really get to, uh, you know, I guess fortunately experience. Uh, uh, yeah, but, that's what I'm thinking. But uh, but uh, you, I, to be honest with you, I just kind of felt bad not being there grinding with them. Um, you know, when when. When it doesn't go uh, the way you, you you see it going during a season, you know you you want to be out there, and I'm not saying that I would have, you know, changed the season, but at least I would have been out there with the guys grinding away and you know going through it. So so uh, um, that that was kind of my feelings, I think. And you have a young family, so were you able to help out at all, or was that shoulder just a little too sore to do really a lot of work at all? Little home? too sore, little too sore. <laughs> <Attaboy>. <laughs> no, no, but it's it was. Uh, you know that that part too. You know, I I, I two young daughters now, and and uh, you know, obviously get to spend some extra time with them. That was some some good moments. But but again, you you want to be out playing hockey. Talking with Gus Nyquist of the Blue Jackets, and uh, so now let's take it where I, I know you guys always have, and uh, re- really from day one, you had a great belief in yourselves in the dressing room. Uh, everybody on the outside could make predictions, but you guys know what you were. But it took some time to develop into exactly what you are. And, and we're seeing it right now. We've seen that uh, you've uh, really established an identity as a team. And really, it, it, in some ways, it's not that much different from the identity you had the last couple of years, is it? No, I mean, we're, 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 we're going to be have to be a hardworking team, that, uh, you know, an annoying team to, to, to play uh, play against. You know, we, we do have some skill, but we – we're not going to skill our way through, you know, winning six five every every game. You know, we're we're going to have to be a hard team to play against, and I think we're starting to realize that more and more. And and um, you know, obviously had a stretch of games there where where the we weren't playing to our level, and and that kind of 
you know, you lose you lose points quickly there. And, and But those are lessons you go through. You know, we're a young team. We're probably, I don't know if we're the youngest, but one of the youngest teams in the NHL. And th- those are lessons that to learn them, you have to go through them. And and the the, the biggest, I think, challenge over an 82-season uh, game season is, is consistency. And I think that's something you learn throughout throughout the course of your career. And, and, you know, if you look at all the good teams that make it to the playoffs, they're the ones that have been most consistent in, in for over 82 games. So, so um, it's something we're, we're, we've learned and still learning. You know, there's still lessons to be learned, I think, on, on this team. But, but I think we're, we're on the right, right track here to build something uh, really good and something, uh, you know, I'm really happy to be a part of. And some of those young guys that you're talking about that make you the youngest team in the league, Cole Sillinger at 18 years old, uh, Igor Chinikov is just 20 years old coming into the start of the season. Those two guys in particular, they're, they're players that are first-round picks and there are a lot of high hopes for them in this organization. As a veteran guy who's been there, done that, and learned the game, uh, in this league, how do you think they've come along specifically? No, well, it's it, they've been great, you know, and and like you said, that they're so young, you 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 forget sometimes. It's it's kind of wild actually, and and uh, to think that you know, silly, silly's eighteen years old. It's uh, yeah, um, but it's good. It makes makes us feel, or he keeps us a little younger, I think, uh, w- which is good. But they've done a great job, and you know, they've they've learned. And, and gotten better throughout the season and, and they have so much potential and they're only going to keep getting better and better here so so um they're at such an early stage of their careers and and uh, those are two two players that that are going to be really really good in this league you know you mentioned uh, that you're not going to be a team that wins six to five every night but quite frankly you have that option this year i mean the scoring has been up um we got so used to seeing this team play two to one games, three to two games the last couple of years. Is it nice to know that if you do have to outscore somebody, at least you have the potential to do that? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, we do have uh, a lot of guys that that can create offense right now, and that's something you want. But, but you know, in saying that, sometimes we we got to be able to tighten up a little bit more defensively, and and not just the D, the forwards too, and that's something we're, we've been working on, and I think that's going to be our recipe for success. So, so uh, something we're going to have to keep working on. But like you said, you have, of course, everyone wants to score goals, and it's, it's fun be, to be able to, to do that. Does it just kind of feed in sometimes? Like, you know, you get six goals in a game, and all of a sudden you think, okay, we'll just go out and do this, and, and, and you can have that lapse defensively, and, and you get reminded quickly sometimes, hey – Back it off here a little bit. There's two sides of the game to play. Yeah, and I think that's a lesson we've we've had to learn throughout the season, and that's happened to us, you know, in games. And and uh, uh, like we talked about earlier, those are those are things that you know you're going to go through uh, as a young team and and uh, learn from. And and uh, you know, well, hopefully we have, and and hopefully we can finish off the season here in a good way. We're talking with Blue Jackets forward Gus Nyquist. Stay with us as the Inside Edge continues after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. I'm Bob McElligot with Jody Shelley. And joining us tonight is Blue Jackets forward Gus Nyquist. Gus, I'm wondering, so last night's game in Pittsburgh, you got to go to the rink today. You're a veteran guy. Do you, you know, do you bring the message of, do you calculate your message? Because, you know, you know, everyone's looking at you, the 18 year olds, the 24 year olds are wondering how you're going to act. Um, what is kind of your, what attitude do you bring to the rink this morning for your group? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, my kids are kind of crazy. So I was just happy to get out of the house. I'm happy to be here. at the <laughs> rink. 
<laughs> this morning. So, um, you know, we we have a great group in there, and and I I truly think everyone really enjoys coming to the rink. You know, um, this is part of it. Um, you know, we're sixty somewhat games in, and and uh, um, got back late and and back at it, but but that's just that's just the way it is, and that's something you you have to get used to, and um. As a young kid, that that's something that you have to adjust your body to. So, so we're, we're you know, we, we, we everyone thinks it's fun to get down here. So, so we're we're a happy group in there. That's spectacular. I mean, you're lucky to be in that position because there are teams and there are moments throughout careers where people dread going to the rink the next day, and it's it sounds like you guys have a a really special group in that regard. Yeah, no, and I, it shouldn't be like the way you know. You know, we're we're fortunate to to be able to do what we love and and uh, do that for a living. So, so I think everyone really realizes that and and um, just enjoy uh, uh, being down here. You know what? The other night on the power play, it was a couple of games ago. You looked great on the half wall, and now you've been you kind of been moving around. But your net front presence last night paid off in front there. What were you thinking in that goal? Because as that shot's coming through, I mean, do you really want to stand there? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I try to at least. I do my best. Uh, uh, it's kind of a new position for me this year. Uh, something I've, you know, trying to learn uh, as quick as possible here. But but uh, on that particular play, I, I just tried to get a stick on it and did and trickled trickled behind him and uh, made sure to poke it in there. So, so uh, um, you know, obviously Bo- Boone does a great job there usually. Uh, yeah. And uh, um, I've, I've been, since I've, been in that spot i've been trying to just kind of uh watch him and see what he does but because he, he does a good job usually of getting in front of there and and getting tips and you know getting rebounds so so you can get rewarded if if, if you go to the right areas for sure let's talk about your uh on ice relationship with patrick line which we have seen really blossom here over the last couple of weeks uh because you've settled in on that line on the other wing are you guys reading off each other as easily as it appears that you are from upstairs where we're watching the game because it looks like you are just simply on the same page? No, I, yeah, I think we've we've had good games and not so good games, but but I think we're we're learning and and uh, uh, learning from each other how to use each other uh, the best, and I think it's been going well. I think we're we're building some good chemistry there, and it's been uh, working pretty well for us so far. So he he's he's a really fun player to. To, to play with obviously he can create some offense uh, uh, with his shot and you know defenders kind of have to respect that you know and gives him and us as a line a little bit more room and he can pass the puck as well so so um, you know very very good player and, and fun to play with yeah we saw that a couple of games ago at Nationwide Arena where he set you up for the first one and then later on you returned the favor and set him up so yeah it's we always think about him in his scoring, right? Obviously, and and I know from the time that Yarmo acquired him, he said he's a very good passer as well, and he's starting to show that. That you guys are starting to, or I don't know if you're forcing it out of him, but he's starting to make some really <laughs> nice passes to you. No, and I I don't think that's a surprise to any of us. And I I'm I'm, I guess I was ta- I was asked that the other day too, and I'm I'm just surprised that people are noticing that now because I think you know we all saw that from the start that he can pass the puck too, not just shoot it. So so. Um, yeah, no, he's he's a heck of a player. What about Jack Roslovic playing on that line with you? With Boone being out, you know, he's elevated his game. What does he do for the two of you? No, Jack, I mean, that, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, a young kid who uh, wants to play center and, and uh, you know, has, has done a good job of, of getting better and better in that position and, and uh, 
um, you know, he's only going to grow w- with with the with the opportunities. And and uh, uh, Jack's a guy who I- really good feet. You know, can really skate with the puck and and distribute it, and, and got good speed up the middle. Um, you know, and and he's I think improved uh, on the defensive side of the puck too. Center's a tough position to play in this league, especially as a young guy coming in. And, and uh, um, but you know what, he's done a good job uh, uh, getting better and better here. Gus, last one for me. You've uh, you're a guy that's been uh, you've kind of embedded yourself in this community. You have a young family. The trade deadline goes by. You came here as a part of a team that was on the way up, and now it's kind of in this area. Where you sit right now with your role with this team, how excited are you about what you see kind of not just the young guys, but the overall organization and how it's improving uh, to be better every single day? Yeah, that's what we want to do, right? We, we, like you said, we we want to get better every single day. And, and uh, um, you know, it's 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 uh, I'm really excited where, where we're at. You know, you look at the core uh, that we have, the, the guys, uh, what ages they're in, you know, with, with Z and Borky and, and Boone and, and uh, how they're playing and, and leading and, and uh, you know, all the young guys, we, we like you said, we got coming in and uh, some prospects that we hear a lot of good things about too. So, so um, you know, I'm really excited for, for uh, where, uh, where this organization is, is uh, heading and, and I'd love to be a part of that in the future. Yeah, and in, in, in talking about that, you made some comments uh, in, after the game before the um, the trade deadline. And I had a fan ask me, they said, were you surprised by Gus, you know, coming out and saying that he really wants to be a part of this and he wants to stay, and even though he has another year on his contract? And I said, no, I'm not surprised because if I'm a general manager and I'm looking for a playoff player, the way you're playing right now, I'm picking up the phone and see if there was a way that I could work it out. So, um, but but that is, it is very genuine for you, isn't it? I mean, this is something that you are part of the leadership group now. Uh, you are part of the fabric of what's going on here. And, and it just seems like you're taking some real ownership in this. Yeah, no, I, I, I've said it a lot of times, and I've been asked, obviously, the last week a lot about it. And, and uh, I truly, truly love it here. And, and uh, um, I think it's a great place to play. Uh, I love the group of guys in here. And, and uh, it's a great place to live. So, so um, yeah. No, I, 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 you know, I like, like you said, I got one year left of my contract, and then we'll see what happens after that. A lot of good golf here too, right? Yeah, there is, there <laughs> is. Jody knows about that too. I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah you've heard about that. I'm too. usually, I don't play in the short grass enough to really appreciate how well it's manicured out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually in the trees and the rocks, okay. and the lakes and the creeks. <laughs> so. Well, no, but Gus, it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, Gus, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Uh, hey, congratulations on the great year that you've had here so far. Best of luck to you and the guys uh, going down the stretch. I know you all want to finish very strong, and you guys have been fun to watch. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. That is Blue Jackets forward Gus Nyquist. Jody, before we get done here tonight, I want to ask you about the trade deadline. We saw a lot of things go down. We saw we did see some big moves. One of them was your former Philadelphia Flyers teammate, Claude Giroux, going to the Florida Panthers. Now, Giroux is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, it, it was reported that because Colorado was in it, if you were just reading things and listening to things people were saying, but when it was all said and done, uh, it was being said that Colorado wasn't in it for him. He had to approve wherever he went, and he approved the Florida Panthers. My question for you is, does Claude Giroux ever go back to the Philadelphia Flyers? More specifically, 
some people, were, I think, in Philly are hoping that he becomes an unrestricted free agent and he re-signs there. Uh, you know him. You know him as a person. You know him as a player. What's your speculation? Will he go back? I don't think so. I mean, it's not like he got traded for a haul uh, as an unrestricted free agent. You know, I think once you leave, I mean, if they, if he was going to be there, he would have signed a contract. They would have offered him a contract. He would have been excited. He would have signed it six months ago, and this would have been not happening. Uh, so for him, he gets a chance now to pick. He's from Ottawa. I think he grew up liking the uh, loving the Montreal Canadiens. You know, when you start looking around and you see offers from different teams, it gets exciting for free agency. So, you know, I think that ship has sailed. And I, I really think that, you know, as an individual, as an athlete, once you get somewhere and see how things are done differently and you get to experience it and you have new teammates and it's just a different approach, uh, it's hard to go back. And, and I think that, you know, James Van Rienzijk just did that a couple of years ago. And now look, I mean, they're, they're a team that's at the bottom. They're a team that's in the rebuild and he's got a, you know, he did well in free agency, but it's still like, you know, I don't know if you go back. I don't. And think his name any... was rumored that he could have gotten traded this week too. So he, he got back and he might've been gone again. Yeah. So no, I think you move along if you're Claude Giroux. Um, it's, it's, it's a right that he's earned and then, you know, maybe he ends up with the Rangers. Who knows? Yeah. And here's another thing I wanted to ask you because you just mentioned Montreal. We were in Pittsburgh last night and there was a lot of speculation with the people that we talked to in the press box that, it's a, a foregone conclusion that the Penguins definitely will lose Chris Letang at the end of the year, and uh, everybody expects him, everybody there, they expect him to go to Montreal. Of course, his former agent is now the general manager in Montreal, so I guess it's easy to connect dots <laughs> if you want to. And then Evgeny Malkin, that was a little bit of a question. Some people think he's dead, gone, and out of there. Uh, others others didn't think the same. But I, that was interesting just uh, hearing that perspective last night. Yeah, it was, and I forget who it was. I'm not sure if they said that Malkin was offered a contract maybe, but, you know, who knows? It's all speculation at this point. I, I could see Latang moving on, definitely. You know, you grew up in Quebec. It's a small, unique province. The Montreal Canadiens are your team, and, oh, yeah, your agent is the general manager. Uh, seems like a good fit, and for me, I, I can't see – I mean, maybe Malkin heads to New York. I, I don't know why I keep thinking New York. I just think they're a team that takes on all – uh, all commerce, you know, Panarin is there. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating because I think they understand in Pittsburgh that this is their kind of their last shot with the great group together. Um, but they're still going to have Sidney Crosby if those two guys leave. So who knows? But uh, it was kind of an interesting night there because you could sense that they understood as a trade line, trade deadline just passed that, hey, they did keep their first round pick. They weren't able to cash in anything more for that. Um, so they're kind of think they have a chance but we'll see what happens with that yeah and, and the rumor was that, that, we, that we when we were talking was that uh, Malkin the, his camp had said to them he'll take a hometown discount and that the Penguins looked at what the uh, proposal was and they said nah I don't know if we're interested in that so that's really that's that's even more surprising to me at least they're talking yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> now you sound like a regular pundit right there. Yeah. They're, they're still discussing it. they got plenty of time to discuss it. So the Blue Jackets right. uh, have two more games to play on the road. They're coming up on uh, Friday night. They'll be in Winnipeg to take on the Jets at 8 o'clock and then on Saturday night in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Um, I wonder if Marc-Andre Fleury is going to start that game Saturday night in Mini. I would say I think they have a game. Do they have a game tonight? And then I think, yeah, who knows? A game at home against the Blue Jackets, I, I would see. Uh, 
I think there's a good chance, Bob. I mean, yeah, I think that would be, uh, you know, you know it'll be packed on a Saturday night in Minnesota with the way that they're playing. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. They do not, they do not play tonight. They uh, no, they don't. No, they play tomorrow. They play tomorrow. Night against they, Vancouver. Yeah, they play yeah. at home against Vancouver tomorrow night. And uh, so, anyway, we'll see with that. But Friday night's game, eight o'clock start in Winnipeg. Pre-game coverage starts at seven thirty right here on the Fan and the Blue Jackets Radio Network, and also uh, pre-game at six thirty on Bally Sports Ohio. Jody, thank you very much. Another great job this thanks, week, Bob. Great job, great show, great guests, and uh, it was fun. Yep, thanks to uh, Yarmo Kekalainen and Gus Nyquist for being our guests tonight. This has been the Inside Edge. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks for listening to 97.1 The Fan.